Good morning, beautiful people. Happy Wednesday. Oh my God, I'm so, I'm tired. I, and I didn't hang out last night and party. Welcome to Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rawls Ivy. Uh, I didn't party last night. I went to dinner. Uh, Markeisha and I went to Ion. It's only natural in Middletown because uh, it's a it's a wholly vegan restaurant. Uh, so I went there because she hadn't been there. I've been there with Ife. So uh, that was our, our, our date, our Valentine date um, last night and uh, had a good time. I mean, I, I had two cocktails and a glass of Prosecco and some good food. They make a damn good um, cornbread. It was so good. Oh, uh, anyway, it was good. I mean, you know, it's a 40 minute drive to Middletown there one way, another 40 minutes back. But I mean, I've had later nights with more. <laughs> but this morning I was very tired. I like I just I got up this morning later than I normally would because you know I study at five. I didn't get to study until about seven. <laughs> I slept. I slept almost six hours, which is weird for me because I don't sleep that much. But I was tired. So uh so I'm I'm turning over a new leaf starting today. Um, so I went to bed with that on my mind and I'm just clearing the air for a lot of things and, and I'm clearing the air and, uh, just clearing the air in, 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 in a lot of areas of my life that, that are congested. <laughs> it's a lot of, there's a lot of areas that are congested. <laughs> And, I, and I've got to be about the business of, of just, you know, like everybody, you know, it's, I guess this weather is making me feel very spring. I just got to clean up the spring. I got to do it. So I'm doing it. So I'm just cleaning up some areas that are just tough, uh, that need to be done, you know, that's, that are not serving me. That's not bringing me happiness, not anything. It's just laborious and a chore and hurts. <laughs> so. So uh, uh, I'm, 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 and and I gotta, and I wanna fully throw myself into this uh, LSAT. So that means I've got to cut a lot of things out, and I am. So I mean, there's that. So I am cutting a lot of things out, and uh, just clearing the air, and just moving in a different direction, and try to get to the, get to the places that I say I want to be in my life, um, and and just fully embrace that. That's what I'm trying to do. Uh, that's what I'm trying to do. And today starts that day. Today starts, you know, I went to bed. I, I've been thinking about this for quite some time. So it's not like I just woke up yesterday and say, oh, I want to make some changes. No, changes have been brewing for some time. And I'm just now sort of ready to allow for the necessary changes. So that's where we are. No big whoop. You know, less time in the streets, more times in the books. Uh, work on my my personal space, and uh, just see see what the universe has in store for me. You know, just see just see what the universe has in store in this next leg of my life as I approach sixty, and uh, and what I want that to look like, and how I want to be in it. I mean, that's just. Just, just what it is. 
that's just what it is. You know, I'm I'm in that space. I'm in that headspace. And uh letting go of things that just don't work. Um and and I think sometimes that's okay. Sometimes, sometimes it's okay to sort of let sometimes things will tell you um that it needs to be let go. Do you know what I mean? And and instead of trying to res- resuscitate things, you just let them, you just let them go. You know, I, I think about my uncle Lonnie all the time. He always used to say to me, nothing is final. Nothing is really over. Nothing is final. And I'm talking about all the good things. I'm not talking about the things that are just, you know, evil and mean, not those things. You know, sometimes things come back around to your favor and sometimes they don't. And you got to be, I'm good with that. Like I'm, I'm, I'm good. So I'm just, I'm just doing a little mental housekeeping, emotional housekeeping, spiritual housekeeping. I'm doing, I'm doing all of that, which is nice, you know, to, to, to do that. So, so there's a lot I got to do and uh, a lot that I want to be doing and a lot that I plan on doing. So I have to get myself through uh, through these processes and see. Now, I may not get into divinity school. I may not get into law school. I may not. Uh, but I owe myself the opportunity to put it out there and to try. And if, if none of them materialize, none of them come to fruition, I, I don't die, right? I just pivot. I, I, I go in an entirely new direction. I... I, I move forward. Do you know what I mean? Like some other path will rise up to meet me. That's that's been my life. <laughs> and and the older I get, the more I do not I do not wish to hold on to things that are not for me. I do not wish to lament things that are not for me. I'm I, that's that's that was my twenties and thirties. Now it's almost sixty. I'm like deuces. <laughs> Let's see. Let's see what else we can get into. <laughs> Let's see what else is out there on the horizon. And that's that's how that's that's how I uh, that's how I uh, uh, roll. I tell you, divorce is a great way to understand and to move in a different direction because nothing, nothing, nothing breaks you like a divorce. You know, it it really. Uh, I think. Div- Divorce, the getting divorced was very significant to me. Um, uh, one, because I didn't see it coming. And two, uh, I just had a whole other idea about commitment and and pressing on and getting through. I, I just had a whole different idea about that. And then when you get divorced, it just changes your perception a little bit, you know, Um and uh, and it it just was, uh, and I'm I'm not lamenting it. Like I I don't I'm not talking about it now to say that I wish. No, that that's not it. I think the the point that I'm, the bigger point that I'm making is that that sometimes things find a way to set you on a different path, even if it's painful to you. <laughs> Even if it's painful to you, sometimes there are forces that sort of 
saying you didn't catch you didn't you didn't acknowledge all the other cues <laughs> that I tried to give you. So now I'm gonna give you a very drastic cue. <laughs> um, and so that's that's and so that's how I that's how I always see the things that happen in my life that uh that uh sometimes I could take the cue and be like, oh, okay, this is what this is telling me. And sometimes it's drastic. <laughs> like, okay, Babs, you ain't listening the first time. You didn't listen when it was a whistle, when it was a whisper. Now I have to have a ton of bricks fall on you. And damn, if that ain't the truth. <laughs> and you know, here's the thing. I'm a girl that acknowledges whispers. Like I, I can hear the whispers when it's time for me to do something else. And like a lot of people, I can ignore the whispers and 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 sort of say, I defy you. And then, you know, bricks fall on me. <laughs> and I was like, oh man, it, damn it. <laughs> Why didn't I respond when it was just the wind whispering? <laughs> now the whole damn brick house is blown down on me. <laughs> I, I kind of like this analogy <laughs> because that's just that's just what it is all the time so when I see people's lives blow up I was like long before the blow up happened there were whispering winds that were gently trying to guide into another direction and we just what pull our coats tighter and face the wind and keep moving into it you know it defiantly when all we have to do is step to the side, go in a different direction and let the wind blow by so that we can make different decisions in our lives, you know? So that's where I'm at now. I, I, I saw the winds, I felt the winds, but I ignored the winds. And so now, you know, the house falls on you. <laughs> maybe, that's a, maybe that's a little too dramatic. Um, but, uh, maybe it's a little too dramatic for this moment that I'm referencing. I'll say that, but there have been times in my life where it has not been that, that where it has been that dramatic and rightly so just FYI. So, <laughs> so good morning, everybody. I hope everybody had a good Valentine's day. I, I love Valentine's day. And I'm so glad that we had a good Valentine's day word on the street yesterday. Uh, cause that was nice. Cause I had simple message. <laughs> I guess he heard some of my some of my set yesterday. I was like, I don't want to hear nobody talk about they hate Valentine's Day and bar humble. I I want any of those people on that not on the day that I love so much. No, we're not doing that. <laughs> and he found somebody whose birthday it was yesterday on Valentine's Day. I was like, man, if I had my birthday on Valentine's Day, do you know how much of a fool you think I'm a fool now, honey? Honey, child, <laughs> just be off the for cheesy. <laughs> I'm kidding you. I, mean, I make a big deal now. And my birthday is just like May 2nd, right? There's no holiday on May 2nd. But if my birthday was on Valentine's Day, let me tell you something. It would just be, I would just be, I, you would, people would have to come and push me off a cliff. Because I would be that obnoxious. 
So anyway, I sort of treat my birthday like it's Valentine's Day because I love Valentine's Day so much. You know, one day created to just uh, l'amour toujours l'amour. You know, I just, I'm, I'm here for it. So, so yeah. So I hope people had a good time. And, uh, and I saw people went places and like my friend Kay was in Bridgeport. She saw some live music. She posted it up on her feed, which was lovely. A young woman. I think she's of Caribbean descent, singing in a red dress, sounding purdy. I was like, okay, that's how you do it. You know, uh, Markeisha and I at Eon uh, yesterday, or Ion yesterday in Middletown, and pulled up parking right in front. It was great. Although they were out of dessert. Although she got the, she got the, peanut butter chocolate cheesecake i don't really care for peanut butter like that i don't dislike peanut butter it's never my first choice for dessert and they were out of everything and i didn't want oatmeal raisin cookies either and i i, I don't dislike oatmeal raisin cookies they're not my first choice <laughs> so they had a red velvet cupcake but it was sold out so all the desserts all the desserts that i wanted were sold out so i was a little I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, I had eaten enough anyway. Plus I had Prosecco. So I treated that like dessert. I'm like, okay, Prosecco. So, so yeah, so it was lovely. It was lovely. It was lovely. I had a good time. Always a good time. We had good conversation. And uh, I went to the doctors yesterday, had the girls looked at. It was fine. Um, I got to go to the cardiologist today and uh, listen to him fat shame me, which, you know, he likes to do that. And uh, I, I pushed back, but, you know, still. Uh, so I got to go deal with that. <laughs> uh, and then I think next week I got one more round of doctors to see. And uh, and that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Um, and I'm good for another 90 days or whatever. So. So, so anyway, so so my 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 new goals are just pretty much around my own health and restoration of health and resetting of health and reconnecting and recommitting to health and you know you know it's that kind of thing. Just you know, yeah, yeah, you know, just trying to just trying to move through like everybody else. Uh, I've not been paying too much attention to politics. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I, I will be back on my political game. Although I enjoyed the conversation with Nick LeBron from Hartford the other day. He seemed to have the right stuff. Interesting, interesting man. Seems very dedicated and committed and, and understands service to community, which I admire that in people. I admire uh, commitment to community. That's not self-serving, you know. Uh, so I've not really, I, I don't, I don't really have any thoughts on a New Haven race beyond mediocrity is the uh, new world order here. So I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> I'll, leave it, I'll leave it at that. You know, I mean, there's 50 million other things I could talk about and I am going to talk about them. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, in my next hour, I've got, um. I've got the Saps coming on, and you know they are uh, they are the founders of a national uh, theater company of color, uh, Universes, and they are uh, Stephen and Mildred Ruiz Sapp. 
they are the Mellon Foundation playwrights and residents at Long Wharf Theater. So they're coming on to talk about their production uh, that they're doing at the Space Space uh, Ballroom, live from the edge. Um, and I'm looking forward to uh, talking to them and just hearing about the creative journey and the creative path and, and what they think of where we are right now in this moment in regards to uh, people of color in theater and 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 all of that. Like I'm I'm interested in in hearing them uh, talk about what this moment looks like and and what we should be doing as 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 people who care deeply about uh, theater and uh, and the creative processes. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to that conversation. I am. I'm looking forward to that conversation. And. Uh, and I and and then you know that's it. I've got some other stuff that I need to talk about uh, coming up. Uh, I've got some other things that uh, require some thought and energy. So I'm feeling, you know, all's not lost. I'm feeling pretty, pretty good and pretty hopeful. Uh, I am a little tired today. I don't know what that's about, but that's all right because you know after today. I'll get into bed early, earlier. I'm going to start getting myself uh, into bed a bit earlier. Uh, I've just got a couple of events this week uh, that require my presence. I'm going to handle that. And then um, next week, I think I've got, I've got a few more things at the, uh, toward the end of February. And then my March, I it's going to, Quiet it down a little bit. Uh, quiet it down a little bit, and do my best to uh, uh, do my best to uh, come and and show up and be present in my life. I think I think I'm pretty present, but I want to be a little bit more present. <laughs> more present. So anyway, I see we're still having conversations about the weather balloons, the spy balloons, weather balloons, UFO balloons. Wait, is it your unidentified flying object? UFO balloons, um, these ugly red boots that people are wearing that look like cartoon shoes, um, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> Harry, I think we need a weather balloon. <laughs> Well, you know, right. We can now, put our name on it. Right now, I don't know if the weather is accurate because uh, <laughs> they shut down a couple of national weather balloons. <laughs> so, so we're like the weather. Eh. <laughs> we don't know. So, I'm like, have we ever spent this much time worried about the weather well, balloons? Well, I, I don't think it's worried about the weather balloons as much as. Since World War II, right, we haven't actually shot missiles <laughs> in our airspace. Right? Say, are you saying well, we was just we just feel like we needed to do it for general right? for just practice? Like what? It's like since Pearl Harbor, we haven't had to shoot anything. It must be tough, Harry, to stockpile weapons and not be able to use them. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, I think they missed what. <laughs> Right, you have a a balloon that's just floating there, static. Uh, how how hard is that, Harry? Like, <laughs> I mean, it's an actual balloon, right? Like, 
it's not made out of anything other than stuff that can float. So, and it's and it's not small. Well, right. But the thing is, is um, I heard a pilot um <laughs> reason why the guy missed, right? Because oh. he said um technically it would be an equipment failure. You get the target, you shoot. It's an equipment failure because these missiles are created, they're made to hit moving targets, right? So what they do is they hit they shoot the target and they expect the balloon to be what? Another 20 <laughs> feet in ahead because that's what that's how jets I'm sorry, are. I'm sorry, Harry. I know something about balloons. They're not fast. I know. <laughs> right. Unless so some wind moves them. <laughs> I they're not they're not in and of themselves fast moving things. Well, but that's the that's the point that the rocket is looking for the moving oh, something fast. So and, so the so the rocket is looking for Wally Coyote. Right. <laughs> I mean uh the roadrunner. <laughs> So I guess they had to make the adjustment to the move, the balloon not moving. <laughs> <laughs> how much? How much did we pay for this technology? It's for, I think they said it's like four hundred thousand a missile. Okay. So. So does this tell us that they work? <laughs> well, they work. It, well, it just told our enemy: if you want to be missed, just freeze. Just freeze, <laughs> like like freeze tag. Yeah. <laughs> tag, you're it. <laughs> I it just feels like I was watching some of the I was listening to some of the press conference and they they went a long way to tell people we don't think it's UFOs, you know, yeah. because there was some other unidentified stuff that was shot down, right? That they can't seem to figure out where it came from. Right. But the thing is, is that they should just be transparent about it because we know that they the, all these jets are equipped with cameras. So they have a picture of whatever it was. Yeah. So just say it's either, oh, the rest of them were balloons, too. Or, you know, it was space debris. Yeah, that's how. But, you know, I think I think they said all that, Harry. I think they're like and then they're like, we won't know until we go dive and get it. Well, no, but we got cameras on the jets. <laughs> so that's a false statement. We know. But but that's why, it, it you know, people who don't trust the government as it is, they just spin into conspiracy. I don't conspiracy. even, you know, Harry, it, I, 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 even, if you, even if they said somebody from Uranus fired at us. <laughs> <laughs> well, from Uranus, wouldn't that be Mar-a-Lago? <laughs> Harry, if some if something fired at us or sending stuff, you know what still happens? I still gotta pay my light bill. I still gotta I still gotta pay my gas bill. I still gotta go to Target and get some groceries. I still gotta do well, all the he, things. But here's here's the thing, right? If it was UFOs, or I mean, it is a UFO. It's unidentified, right? If it was aliens, I think. We can't say aliens. We have to say extraterrestrials. I mean, extraterrestrials. If it was extraterrestrials, I would, I would think they're either the most peaceful extraterrestrials in the universe because we're shooting at them and they have better <laughs> technology than us. So they're either very peaceful, or they were on a a mission by themselves where they couldn't contact their people and they're down. <laughs> I'm, I'm always. 
you know, this is, and I say this all the time, Harry, humans are terrible. <laughs> Our first response is to shoot something down, Harry. Like, why is that the first response? Well, let's shoot them before they shoot us. Well, you is know, that, I guess, you know, the American way is shoot first and apologize later <laughs> that's the american way i think it's in the constitution no <laughs> but but that's the thing i mean we got to be careful what we're shooting at i mean but don't we don't we like want to like find out like <laughs> it, for me i'm just thinking wouldn't it be easier to let whatever it is land well, and then you, go greet it rather than to shoot it into smithereens and then got to go put the pieces together. Well, you would uh, you would send the message, right, in a math equation because you don't know what type of language they speak. So you have to have a, you know, a mathematician there, right, <laughs> typing <laughs> out the question. Then you send it. And if they don't respond, obviously they're hostile. <laughs> Right. Oh, obviously. Not, obviously not because it's a language barrier <laughs> i know that the aliens on the uh, the extraterrestrials on the ship going why are they sending me a math equation <laughs> <laughs> and then we shoot them down <laughs> it's like i thought these people spoke english i thought they spoke a language <laughs> why are they speaking to me in languages why are they sending me equations <laughs> And then the next thing you know, we shoot them down. I don't know, Harry. I just feel like for all the ways that we love to in invite God into conversation, people are very godless. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty, I mean, it's for me, I'm a, you know, I'm a geek, a UFO geek and everything. Um, I love that stuff. For me, it's just not that interesting. I mean, I get the people who are really spinning out um, are so down that rabbit hole that they don't see any light. <laughs> they don't see any light, but because all these all these reports we've been getting about how fast these these um they call them UAPs now instead of UFOs, right? Um, okay. They're called I think it's unidentified aerial phenomenons now, right? Okay. Um, right. But they've been reporting that they. They just bounce around like, like a laser light. You know, they're, they're going from 60,000 feet and they drop to the ocean in less than a second, you know? So now if these were those ships, I think they would be able to move out the way of our missiles. If, uh, yeah. I, I, I would think so, Harry. Right. So I, I don't think, I, I'm not as excited. I don't think. We just shot down ET. I don't think so. Um, I think it's probably, I mean, there was a report that got pulled back that it was a national weather, one of them was a national weather service balloon. Um, but we'll see. More, more than likely it is, they, the pilot said it was floating in the air, right? We're not moving fast, no propulsion system, just floating there. So it sounds like balloons. Okay. I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not worried. Like whatever it is, I, I don't feel, I would just say it's about time. And then to make it worse, right? You have Trudeau who feels like he has to go running to the camera and say, I gave the order to shoot it down. Okay. okay. 
slow down, right? Because you gave the order, but it was the, I think, the United States who shot it down, right? So NORAD shot it down, which, you know. As long as they don't hit Santa, I'm just, you know, I'm good with that. I mean, unless Santa's lost, I think he's hibernating. Yeah, well, you know, you got to make all the toys for the well, next year. Well, the, I mean, Santa doesn't even know what season it is right now. So it's like... <laughs> Santa's in Barbados. <laughs> but, Chill but, it until no, he got to go back. It's fun to, to read all of these ludicrous yeah. articles. I, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole, Harry, because I know there's a lot of rabbit holes to go down. And I know there are real extraterrestrial people out there who there follow are. this stuff. And you know, you remember Will Smith's movie? Um, yes. Independence Day? Independence Day, where where all the people went on to the, I guess, the Empire State Building, and they're like, elders, yes. come down and stuff. I think there's going to be a lot of those people who just oh, want yeah. to... Harry, I, there'll be some that want to have sex with them. There'll yes, be some but- that want to go back with them there'll be some who think some who think this is the coming of christ i mean it's all kinds of stuff i mean I, you know i'm gonna be i'm gonna sit on my porch and just let it all like whatever so they come I mean, down that, my street on if you know if aliens if extraterrestrials come it wouldn't be that far-fetched to say the coming of it could be christ he just has he's just green with a bigger head i mean wow listen I think I already, I already, I think they're extraterrestrials among us already, just trying <laughs> oh. to figure us out. And I know they're like every day they go back to their house and be like, you know, these humans are trash. Okay. <laughs> There's a lot of terrestrial earthlings that are alien to me, right? They don't know. They they just seem out there, right? Listen, Harry, when you have octopus, that there's nothing on Earth that is related to an octopus. Nothing. Nothing. Not just, not just that. They're smarter than us. They keep evolving at a at a quick rate, faster than us. They have like eight brains. Yeah. I would like to know. I, they should give. I'm sure in some lab, they have an octopus. You know, hemmed up, doing equations and stuff like that. He's probably you know, there's an octopus trying to figure out the COVID yeah. uh, vaccine somewhere. Because they're like, I don't them. think we could tell people that, Harry. Like, I don't, I know. I'm not convinced that you can share that with people because people will be running in the ocean trying to catch octopus. I mean, they'll just be doing that crazy. It'll just be, they'll be trying to eat it, they'll be trying to mate with it, they'll be trying what to do all kinds of stupid stuff, make drugs out of it. You know what I mean? Like, it would just. Calamari Kal- is pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty good. So. <laughs> But, but you know, I'm not catching it. <laughs> I'll like eat it, it. You know, it's it. it's like um if all of a sudden Godzilla turns out to be a big chicken, I'm gonna be like, look, I didn't <laughs> go and murder your people, I just ate you. <laughs> you know, that's uh that sounds like colonization to me, Harry. <laughs> I just like the taste of you. I'm not responsible for your for your genocide. <laughs> Pass the hot sauce. <laughs> I know. I just participated. <laughs> we need Godzilla. Godzilla could get to the heart of this. Godzilla oh, could get to the heart of this. It's coming. They're, they're, they're finding more and more stuff in the deep. 
um, weird sounds are coming from the deep and everything. So Godzilla's gonna make his appearance pretty soon. I I think. Have you watched Have you watched The Last of Us? Have you been Have you started it? No, not yet. Start it, Harry. You'll like it. I I want to wait till it's all there so I can binge. Oh, okay. You'll like it. You know why? Because it's a, it's a, it's a lot of how we. It, it, it seems very realistic in how people will fend them fend for themselves when when viruses and things take over and we can't you know well, you, you know who's suffering through that right now ohio with that train derailment what happened they so like two weeks ago two and a half weeks ago a train derailed with toxic chemicals oh lord have mercy <laughs> I, no, this, that, not just look there was so oh. many chemicals that they didn't know how to move it to you know so th- they decided babs to do a control explosion of the chemicals yes that caused the mushroom cloud of chemicals now so fish and animals are dying all over the place oh lord um people are getting skin rashes. okay why why would we who are there scientists somewhere that's, working that's what i'm saying so you do a control explosion and what you were waiting for there not to be any air i don't think scientists did that i think <laughs> i don't think so either but i don't think scientists did that i think that's military crap like that's like no wow. for, i took for, science in eighth grade i know something for me they they uh they drew straws <laughs> on what to do next, right? They're like, oh, well, we, we are SOL right here. Um, do you think we should try to clean it up or blow it up? <laughs> you pick oh a straw. Oh, my God. So, I mean, this thing, people are basically there, but there's an irritation uh their eyes are irritated, burning, their skin's burning, everything. Oh, and then they're telling the fish and everything are dying all around them. And they're telling them, oh, don't worry, the water's safe. Mm-hmm. Wait, so the fish are dying, but you're telling me it's safe to drink the water? Dead fish and chickens. Yeah. And, and people's um, pets are dying. Oh, God. This is a mess. So it's like, what are we doing over there? Why are we telling them that the water's safe? Do we not have enough bottled water? Can no, we- it's all in. Uh, it's all in, uh, in, in Michigan <laughs> <laughs> and Mississippi, right? All the places where they and New Jersey. <laughs> it's all over the place. But that's what I'm saying. So are we tapped out of bottled water that we got to tell them? Oh no, go 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 use the water. I don't know. I just—it's it, insane. I and I don't know who made this decision, but I'm telling you, it sounds like they just drew straws. Who's that's what I mean. You humans are not—they're just not good for the planet. <laughs> <laughs> and I think there was another uh, uh, a truck, a hazardous waste truck that um, crashed in another state yesterday. That they had to shelter in place that town and everything. Oh gosh! Oh, and and on top of the other mass shooting we had too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know that's that's regular news, Babs. 
<laughs> just another day in the neighborhood just yeah around the way yeah you know but yeah so it's so some people are going through that show the last of us in their lives they don't know what's next and now they're telling people go get a checkup now so that as if you start deteriorating you have you know a starting point of your health you know and it's like wait a minute I'm already infected. If I deteriorate, it doesn't matter. My I whatever my last doctor's appointment if it was five years ago should tell you. But get a who who's gonna go to the doctor right now when you you just want to <laughs> evacuate? Can I evacuate? <laughs> I'll see I'll see the doctor when I get to where I'm going. Where are you gonna go, Harry? What's the evacuation plan? Well, I don't think a, we have an evacuation plan anywhere. But that's the thing. FEMA should have something. For them to transfer these people out of that town until they figure it out. <laughs> this is Harry, even if they did, how many people do you think gonna go? I know. I mean, that's there's also that, right? People go, I ain't going nowhere. This is my house. I mean, we see it with storms all the time. <laughs> but it, it, it's like, just I'm not going. And I am telling you, <laughs> that's right. I'm not going. <laughs> See? And that's the thing. And um, I know they were trying to get basic information. I think the EPA finally gave it yesterday, but that was like two and a half weeks. T tell me something, Harry. What would make you evacuate your house? Well, would it, if, would, it, would it be sufficient enough for FEMA to knock on the door and say, it will give you 48 hours to evacuate? If my skin... There were, there were reports of people's skin flaking. If my skin starts flaking, I'm running. But the problem is, is I don't know where to run to because I don't know if I'm going to spread <laughs> the next worldwide, you know, disease. But that's what I mean, Harry. Where would you go? I, I would think I would go to somebody, one of my friend's houses, but I wouldn't want to take whatever I got with me. So I don't know. I honestly don't know what I would do. Uh -huh. I would just drive. <laughs> Until you run out of gas. That's it. Well, if I run out of gas, that's where I, I'll live. Do you know how congested the highways will be if everybody had to get out of wherever they are? I think about this all the time, especially when I see highway collisions and calamities. I'm like, hmm. Okay. Now, I'm going to put my conspiracy hat on. Okay. And that's the danger of the balloons, right? So I know we've been mocking the balloons and everything, but the, the initial balloon, which was around 60,000 feet, um, the, the other balloons, they were within the range of the airliners and everything. So they were a danger to the flight patterns of the airplanes. But that initial balloon, the Chinese spy balloon was 60,000 feet. If they were to explode a nuclear weapon at that, you know, level at 60,000 feet, they would destroy our electrical system in America. Well, most of it, because there's some people who've protected themselves from an EMP, and I'm sure some military facilities are protected from EMPs, but the general population would suffer greatly because you would be taken back to the Stone Age. Cars wouldn't work. So imagine most grocery stores have two weeks 
of products on their shelves waiting for the truck. So if there's not another truck coming in the in the foreseeable future, then everybody is fighting over that two week supply of food. Yeah, we see this when winter storms come. No, 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 but this wouldn't be once the electrical grid is toast, it's toast. That's what I mean, Harry. There's even if the even if the government said X, Y, and Z, it'd be nothing we could do. There'd be no place you could go. There'd be nothing you could do. Well, the, the, so knowing I, wouldn't help you in the least. Yeah, the thing to do is actually to, to go somewhere. If you're going to go somewhere, you got to go in the first seven days where people wouldn't realize, like people are going to be waiting for their government to come and save them, right? So people are going to be home. Oh, the government will fix this. Oh, the government will fix this. A week or two weeks in when they realize they don't have any food and the government is not coming, it becomes... So what you're saying is we got to go at the first sign of trouble. (laughs) You have to go to the woods, go somewhere. (laughs) Oh, no, I think I have to drive to Canada. I think Canada to the the tip point, to the high points of Canada. If your car isn't working. Well, yeah, that part. (laughs) You know, so that was the danger of the balloon. I I don't think I could walk it. It was was a test balloon. (laughs) It was to see what we would do with something at that altitude where we shoot it right away. We didn't shoot it right away. So China's thinking, hey, we could just fly in, drop or explode a bomb at that altitude. And then the war begins, but we're in the Stone Age. And some people want us there. So there's that part. I wouldn't be good in the Stone Age. (laughs) (laughs) You think that's... I, don't, I wouldn't be good at it. I just, <laughs> you know, it's like okay, this should make everybody want to go and buy boxes of matches. So let me tell you, doing, having to do a fire with, with not the easiest with, thing in the with, world with flint and a piece yeah. of wood. Now, just go to your dollar store and buy all the matches up. Buy all the matches and put them in plastic bags. So. And just so save they don't them. get wet and just save them. And you, that's your bartering tool. Got these good, good matches. <laughs> matches and, and TP, right? TP, <laughs> toilet, toilet paper. <laughs> it's going to be a currency. Oh, Harry, I don't know if you could just get around with a bunch of toilet paper in a backpack. No, you can't. You got I mean, let me tell you, Babs. We, <laughs> we're so spoiled that we, we probably, you know, we use half a roll every time we use... But something like that happens. You're gonna learn how to use one sheet yeah. <laughs> of toilet paper. I, I I would have a tough time. It'll be a currency. I'd have a tough time. I that's why I, I that's why I, I don't want to be alive for that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I say. If you're gonna do if a, if they announce a nuclear bomb is coming, I want to know where so I could drive as close to it as possible. <laughs> I don't I don't want to sit in my house watching my skin melt off because I'm just the right distance where the radiation is going to kill me slowly. No, no I feel you. I, I kind of feel you on that one, too. I want to go straight to whatever's going to hit. But, you know, humans are hopeful. We are hopeful people, Harry. I mean, we, we are a hopeful species. We're hopeful. You know, we'll we'll be like, I know I know this looks bad, but there's. 
there might be an opportunity for us to get out of it. <laughs> We're hopeful. We are hopeful, Harry. Well, yeah, I mean, you you have to be right. You all you have to do is go and watch that that New York PSA. Well, a nuclear <laughs> bomb just hit. What are you What are you gonna do? <laughs> what are you gonna do if you have you know radiation dust? Just you know, take it, take off your clothes, go to the middle of your apartment, and wait. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, that was uh, that was tough. That freaked people out. But I, for me, Harry, I just feel like it's a warning. Oh no, yeah. I mean, for I mean, for they people, can walk it back all they want, but for me, yeah, of course, it's a warning. We're we're really close. I know we are to a nuclear war. I mean, I we're we really are. Close. I think people because I think I think. These white men are itching to just sort of see. Do you know what I mean, Harry? Like, I just want to see the thing what the is, catastrophe is. I want to see. And I bet we could survive it. Well, the thing is, is that their age doesn't help either, right? No. Because they've lived. Yeah. <laughs> right? So they're like, I'm 80. I'm 80. What the hell? I don't got 80 more years in me. Let's see what happens. You I'm know, thinking so- about Syria. You know the earthquake that that devastated them. So does that does that if the earthquake devastates them, Harry? Does that squash the civil war? Like, are they still fighting? No. Or are they or are they coming together to dig out? Well, he, like, he is, is the he war the, off. <laughs> here's the thing, right? Most of most of the destruction isn't next to the castle, right? <laughs> so it's the people who were warring. With the government, so the government's like, oh well, let the let them die off, you know, less people to fight with. So it's either they're getting foreign assistance or no assistance from their government. That's how it is. But does a does it does it stop the war? Oh, because I mean, how can you I fight? Mean, if your enemy, if you your enemy's dying, yeah, if your enemy's dying, you just let him die. Well, here's the thing about the enemy: they're y'all are the same people. <laughs> no, forget that, Babs. It's a civil war, Harry. There's no There's not people coming in. It's just y'all fighting <laughs> each other. That's the now thing. you gotta help people because the earthquake that decimated your whole country. You look well. You look at history, right? And you see that. It's it's most of the destruction in this world has been people killing their own people. Yeah. So it's like, okay, wait. So just because they have a different tribe name, they're different. <laughs> what are you but doing? That's what I mean. So doesn't the earthquake just make all no. that null and void? No. Like, listen, the earthquake is falling on all our people. We nope. got to get our people out. Nope. You have the, like in, uh, in Iraq and all of these places, you have the Sunni, the Shia and everything. You think one side, and, and like you said, they're all, pe- they're all the same people. They just <laughs> Sunni, Shia, right? And you think one side all of a sudden gets an earthquake, the other side goes, ah, oh, man, let's go help. No, They're like, yes, I landed it, you know? Mm. So that's the thing. And, and that's I know, how but we, they're suffering. But here's the thing: you're suffering too. Like it's not just like the earthquake just happened to 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 people you're fighting with. Yeah, but your it's enemy, happening to you too. But your and enemy your is suffering worse. 
<laughs> I don't know how you, I don't know how you quantify that. Well, you got 14 million people who gonna need some aid. <laughs> I mean, oof. you look at all of it throughout history and how Christians were killing off Christians. You know, it's it's all the same thing. It's people hating each themselves. Basically, yeah. you're, you're hating yourself and you're taking it out on the other person because you're too much of a chicken to do it to yourself. Hate yourself, do it to yourself. Don't do it to the other person. Yeah. I just <laughs> I just feel bad because you're in the middle of a civil war and this happens. I'm like, well, doesn't that mean the war stops? Because you gotta you gotta dig people out. Well, they did want a truce, right? So well, here you go. Here's a here's a good opportunity. That's right. <laughs> and you got you got like another 30 years to dig this. You got 30, 40 years to dig this your country out. Because that's how long it's gonna take, Harry. Roads, housing, infrastructure, water, hospital. I mean, you gotta fix all of that. Well, as long as the castle's okay, so and what you're saying is okay did the civil war stop do you do you like call it do you have to call a timeout or is this a timeout (laughs) well if you want the world to help you you can't be on there talking about we just gonna kill everybody we see yeah i mean right like you got it stops (laughs) the civil war stops it ends because And, and by the way these earthquakes are happening all over the world and more frequent. I, you know what I say, Harry? The earth is tired of humans. And you know what's interesting is that the other day I read a, a article that the earth's core stopped spinning for a while. Oh, yeah, you did say that. And then reversed course. And that may be the cause of a lot of the pole shifting and all of this stuff. We need to figure out <laughs> what the hell is happening with the earth's core. Because the, the earth, you know, this is what's happening. The earth is like, I'm gonna get these humans off of us. <laughs> we it, had it, we had this problem when it was just deer and antelope. <laughs> it, it's like that ride, right? When the Himalaya, when you're spinning around and you're holding on, all of a sudden it stops and goes the other way. Oh God, you just made my stomach hurt. Right. So that's how it is. The earth is now spinning in the opposite direction. Because it's trying to get these humans off of it. <laughs> Because humans are not good stewards of the earth. Right. And it can't be a good thing, right? I mean, you have to figure stuff is going to happen <laughs> when the earth suddenly decides, you know what? I don't like spinning this way. I'm going to spin the other way. You figure stuff is going to happen. And that and it's happening all over the world. Yeah. Wow. Well, such, so. <laughs> such, such, such is life. Such is life. I'm I mean, telling such you. Is, such is life, but, you know, you, we have, and they've discovered, archaeologists are discovering more and more extinct, extinction points on the earth where there's, there's been civilizations way yeah. than we knew, you know? So, yeah, they, we may be coming close to an extinction point. Not, not in my lifetime. Hopefully not. Not in my lifetime. I think we. I think we got another hundred years to go. But not in my but I could be wrong, Harry. We shooting at balloons and stuff. I don't. Know. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, we just shot at ET. I don't know. ET may shoot back at us tomorrow. With uh, yeah, and then what are we gonna do? Nothing. All these Rambo types out here want. Imagine okay. if if we did for the people who 
believe that they are, they're um, extraterrestrial. Imagine if we did shoot as something real. And if there's a retaliation coming, we are toast. They're so much more advanced than us. We're toast. Yeah, we like to think. We hope. <laughs> Maybe there's a planet of dinosaurs and they're in, they in the Stone Age. And they're, and they're sending rockets drones <laughs> drones up no. see now i sound crazy <laughs> you have a dinosaur with no thumbs <laughs> typing out what the drone should do anyway oh god all right we got we got we got to take a break from all this foolishness and uh and come back with with uh the saps so they can talk about um, universes and uh, the upcoming live from the edge show. Um, so I'm looking forward to having that conversation with them. Uh, Steven and Mildred Ruiz Sapp, they're coming on. So looking forward to them. So we got to take a break. Good people find us at 1015. We'll be back. No more talk of dinosaurs into the world or balloons. <laughs> okay. Tomorrow. Ooh. That's right. Don't don't buy any more balloons for your birthday parties. You never know yeah. what's in them. That's it. That's it. That's All it. Right. Hi, this is Babs Rolls Ivy from New Haven, Connecticut, and you're listening to WNHHLP 103.5 FM, streaming live at newhavenindependent.org. While COVID may not stop a baby's heart, isn't a child with a rising fever, cough, and chills enough to make your heart skip a beat? Children are 19% of reported COVID cases with higher rates in Hispanic and Black children. Vaccinated six months to five-year-olds are 80% less likely to get COVID, which means 80% healthier New Haven one-year-olds and 100% happier New Haven parents. To learn more, visit nhvvax.org. Living in strange times, I'll find my strength. Even when down, I'll stand. Do you love me? Don't belong. Sometimes I wish I wasn't born.
Ain't no sunshine when she's gone It's not warm when she's away Ain't no sunshine when she's gone She's always gone too long Anytime she goes away Wonder this time where she's gone If she's gone to stay Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away sunshine when she's gone Ain't no sunshine when she's gone Only darkness every day Ain't no sunshine when she's gone And this house just ain't no home Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away Anytime she goes away 
Country Music Hall of Fame. That's right, superlatives. Yes. How about a hand, ladies and gentlemen, for Mr. Charlie Pride? Where are you, Mr. Pride? Ever I chance to be old friends on the street, they wonder how does a man get to be this way? Always got a smile in my face Anytime at any place And every time they ask me why I just smile and say Like you've got to Kiss an angel good morning Let her 
about it when you're gone. Kiss an angel good morning. Over like the devil when you get back home. No people may try to guess the secret of our happiness. But some of them never learn that it's a simple thing. The secret I'm speaking of is a woman and a man in love. And the answer is in the song that I always sing. Like you got to give some angel good morning. And let her know you think about her when you're gone. Here's an angel, good morning. And over like the devil when you get back home. Here's an angel, good morning. And let her know you think about her when you're gone. Here's an angel, good morning. Over like the devil when you get back home. Please welcome Sheik singing Good Times.
welcome back to the second hour of Love Babs Love Talk. I'm Babs Rose Ivy. I'm delighted this morning because I I know I kind of know these folks a little bit. Um, uh, Stephen and Mildred Ruiz Sapp. They are the Mellon Foundation playwright rights and residents at Long Wharf Theater. They've been here since 2020, and they they're going to be bringing us live from the edge. Hey, Louise, how are you? Hi, Babs. Thanks for having me on, and great to be here with universe has heard so many great things so thank you i'm so glad all right so so um saps tell us <laughs> tell us about the story tell us tell us what we're about to hear tell us about what it means to be a, a playwrights in residence um and tell us about this this exciting new live from the edge um production Hey, Babs, how you doing? It's good to see you. I swear I only see you in these spaces in, in like Zoom land. Yes. I know. None of us have any legs. Just no I, legs. I, <laughs> matter, we're all wearing pajamas. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, nice to see y'all. Yes. yes. Good um, to see you too. There's a lot of questions in that one question. Um, we'll start with universes. Universes. Think, yeah. We got together. We've been together since 1995. Um, the company we started um, in the South Bronx, um, in New York City. Um, we were individual performers and poets, um, and bouncing around in the poetry scenes in New York, um, specifically the New York Poets Cafe. A lot of times, um, but we also had our own venue up in the South Bronx called um, the Point. That we started in, and um, we were just sort of poets in the in the open mic scene, and we um, got tired of just you know you watch one poet get up and sit down and get up and sit down. Um, so we started to go up in 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 a group to perform and get more time. And so in the polls, are just stay, one person standing there doing a poem, and the rest of us sort of standing around them. It turned into this poetry musical. So we started singing and dancing and moving and doing monologues and poems, all at poetry readings and sort of turned into this- We were doing like little mini concert things. Yeah. yeah. And so it turned into us beginning to be in the open mic scenes in New York City and literally bouncing around every open mic we could find just to sort of find to our aesthetic. A lot of political rallies that were going on sort of, you know, from the, from the activist movement, we were a lot of times the entertainment um, or just in terms of bringing that artistic voice. Mm -hmm. um, and it's molded into this career that's yeah then we moved into the the theater field mm -hmm. and brought kind of the same style every like we never really changed anything we just started doing it in theaters um and they, that kind of has brought us to here yeah they caught up to us yeah <laughs> um but we've toured around the country and live from the edge is an evening where um we it's like a concert you know, it's a concert show with us, but we go through our, our canon of work. So we'll, it'll be poetry and music and things of that nature. We'll pick selected things from our canon. And then whatever else is going on, like right now, we, you know, we'll address what's going on right now. Like Tyree Nichols just happened, I'm sure, you know, in some form of fashion over the evening, we will address that in some form of fashion. So it's really like just a, a, an evening with universes. Um, and it's kind of like, we're kind of like a band that way where we'll have a set list and we can swap things in and out. And um, every night it might slightly change depending on the mood. Um, depending on the audience. Yeah. And so we just have fun every night. And yeah. so now when does your production begin? When does it begin and when does it end? And then Louise, you're from the library talking about Mardi Gras. Yes, I am. Okay. All right. Okay. I got a, I got a full house of 
all kinds of New Haven activities today. <laughs> I want to say that it starts on the 21st, but hold on. Let me be sh for sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> so, um, yes. So you, it's a, you're going to be at this baseball room. I think this is our, our first production outside of our theater, out of being at a Long Wharf Theater proper that this is the beginning of us moving around and bringing theater in all the spaces that we can in New Haven. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, all right, so the show starts actually the 27th, I thought it was the 21st, but April 27th to May 21st is the, the run of life from the edge. And yeah, like uh, Long Wharf has, um, has, is moving in a different direction, right? So this was kind of a perfect conversation. Like we've been with Longwood for three years now as the Mellon Playwrights in Residence. And it's, you know, it only makes sense for us to, you know, kind of bring our, our skills out in the community and in different types of venues, you know, as Longworth is also starting to move in that same direction for us to be able to do what we do, where we do it, how we do it in like out and about. Yeah. So okay. we're really excited about that. Yeah, I'm excited too. So I have Louise on from the New Haven Free Public Library because they are doing the annual Mardi Gras fundraiser. And uh, and when is that, Louise? That's going to be Tuesday, this next Tuesday, February 21st, which is 5.30 to 8.30 p.m. at the Ives Main Library. And so we have a lot of wonderful sponsors, including the Long Wharf Theater. Uh, by the way, that has will be there's some wonderful folks in attendance from Long Wharf, and really just a way to highlight this is a special um, celebration. So Mardi Gras has been a library, the annual library friend and fundraiser for about roughly 25 years, and it's very special because it's a way, you know, kind of Fat Tuesday, celebrate getting the community in, and we're inviting the community into the public library spaces, kind of similar to what Long Wharf and others have been doing. How do we be responsive to the community? It used to take place at the New Haven Long Club. You said, well, wait a minute, we need folks to come into our libraries because our libraries are across the city and kind of growing with the community. So the work that we've done with Long Wharf and other community partners, it's really about community engagement, showing that we reflect the community and we have a fun family, fun community celebration for um, the New Haven Free Public Library. So this year is extra special because this year, Mardi Gras, February 21st, falls on the exact 136th birthday of the New Haven Free Public Library. And so not only is this a Mardi Gras celebration, this is also a birthday party. And this is something that's, you know, really something that the library staff and the community takes pride in because people don't realize you know, the Navy Free Public Library is a nationally recognized public library system. We won in 2019 the Institute of Museum and Library Services medal. Uh, awarded a medal, which is roughly maybe 30 library systems across the country like have this medal. And so we're one of those uh, fortunate enough library system. So this is a great way to get the community involved. We're making it more inclusive than ever that you know, tickets are starting at $50. We do have some complimentary tickets available, but we're really bringing the price point you know, down because we want to be reflective of our community. We want folks to come and celebrate with us. Tickets are still available, but it'll be a fun time. You know, excellent food will be there. You know, drinks served. It's, you know, dignitaries will speak, but it's a great way to be in community. And that's really what's exciting to have folks from Long Wharf Theater, to have folks from 
uh, you know, Yale School of Art, to have, you know, folks from city government, just all across, really a cross section of the community being there and celebrating. So it's a, a great time to be had. So hope to love to see all the listeners and all of you, you know, participating there. So thank you. So, so I, why, why have you both on? Because, you know, when you, when you look at the, the, these different uh, activities, you, you would think that there's no connection, but there's a great deal of connection because you both are rooted in community. And, and I want people to know that there's a lot of things going on um, in New Haven and around New Haven that, that, that speaks to community in, in, in lots of ways. So you have the Mardi Gras event. The Long Wharf Theater is one of the sponsors of the Mardi Gras event. We have the, uh, um, um, uh, the folks who are bringing us universes live from the edge who are, who are uh, playwrights and residents at Long Wharf Theater. Long Wharf Theater has been doing stuff with the New Haven Public Library, particularly the Stetson branch in, in Dixwell Avenue. So it is, it's a wonderful symmetry of things that are going on in the city that people should know about, not in isolation, but around the table, we could say, go to Mardi Gras, go to universities, because um, Live from the Edge is going to be at the Space Ballroom. Have you all had a chance to look at the space already? Have you been in the space? Have you been practicing in the space? What do you think of the space? <laughs> um, we haven't got a chance to, to practice and rehearse in the space, but um, I did come out a couple of, maybe a month ago, two months ago, and visited the space, saw it, checked it out. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a great intimate club type of environment. And when I say club, it's like a music venue. So for us, because of the way we performed and traveled and we you know, we, we started out in open mics and we toured around the country in clubs and performance spaces and colleges and big theaters, but we come from being really intimate. The audience is right there. So that space is perfect for it. Good sound system. Um, we're really excited about being, you know, we can, you can do big theaters and things of that nature, but something like this, very intimate, very up close community can really kind of be there touch us. You can really see reaction mm -hmm. um, from audiences and that, that, that excites us. I like that. So Louise, talk to me about, you talked a lot about community. But what does that mean for the New Haven Free Public Library? Because you have how many branches? We have five branches, five library locations. So Ives Main Library, Central Library, and then four uh, libraries across the city of New Haven. So for your listeners, you know, please go out and visit. We have uh, the Wilson Branch Library in The Hill. We have the Fairhaven Branch Library in Fairhaven. We have the Mitchell Branch Library in Westville. And then we also, as you mentioned before, the Stetson Branch Library, which is the Dixwell, New Hallville area on Dixwell Avenue and the new Dixwell Community House. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about community. This is something we talked about the theater and we talked about, you know, first of all, public library system, we are, you know, for everyone. And you know, especially for the city of New Haven, this is your public library. So when we say, you know, the community, it's, you know, anyone that lives in the city. And that's something very important. People don't realize you know, our public places, you know, having a, a public place where you can just go in, read a book, use the restroom, attend programs or collaborations, along with our theater. We've had tickets available over the years or museum passes, all these wonderful experiences for free. So not only is it to kind of build on your community, say like in your neighborhood, but it also, we serve as an opportunity to, build community from folks who may not have, may live in different parts of town. Maybe they don't, for example, our teen center. We have teens from all across the city who take the bus and they go to the downtown library from different times. They may take different buses to other parts of town, but they have the time together 
you know, after school, or we talk about, you know, our community when I remember I first started New Haven Free Public Library. So for those who don't know, I'm a New Haven native, so I was born and raised in New Haven. And when I was first hired almost seven years ago, I was the manager of Young Minds and Family Learning. And we would have these, you know, story time programs. And at that time, and still today, huge international community around the Eismade Library. So we had families from China, we had families from you know, the States, but all across the world coming in in a sense of community. So really, it's just not only your community, those who live around you, but how you, the connections you're able to build because of the public library space, like the wonderful partnership with Long Work and other stakeholders where we have folks who don't necessarily say, well, you know, theater is not necessarily for us, but they, they, they're not familiar with universes. They're not familiar with all the things that Long Work has been doing over the years. And so to kind of build those bridges to say that you are part of something greater than yourself and that there is a place for you. So I think we're in a unique position well, we work with a wonderful you know, array of collaborators across the city to say, well, how do we make our services you know, accessible? How do we make these you know, responsive? So whether it's we're going to do a bigger push for Spanish language services, we are collaborating with Yale China Association for Lunar Fest, we are doing uh, some exciting programs now through Black History Month and working with different community partners like the Q House, which is a historic uh, you know, building supporting the you know, Black community in New Haven. So there are things that we've done that we, you know, obviously there's always growing, we need to do more. But this is a great way to kind of show support so these things um, can continue to happen because, you know, as our library foundation board president says, you know, these, uh, Michael Moran, that these are human endeavors. They just don't happen, you know, by chance. It's not just a magical force of nature. People decided that this is important. You know, we want to make sure that we have a public library system for our community, not just, you know, for today, but in the future as well, and that this building community is really uh, what matters. And so that's kind of, I hope they kind of address all those aspects of community building and how being responsive to different needs. I like it. I like it. So, so as playwrights and, and residents, what does that mean? What does that mean? Do you, do you get to be in community and learn about community? Why New Haven? Why Long Wharf Theater? What does it mean to be playwright and residents? Well, I mean, for us, and I'll, and I'll start off with, we got caught just when we received the, the award to be playwrights in residence with Long Wolf, the pandemic hit. <laughs> so we were not able to even come to New Haven um, really until now um, because of COVID. So usually, I mean, we, but we had a, a playwright group that we were working with called the Playwriters from Playwrights from New Haven. And it is about community. It's about learning community, what's going on in community. Um, where do artists fit inside of community? Um, and for so folks who are aspiring to be artists and things of that nature, you're talking to, to folks who do it and not have done it, but are doing it now. So to be able to be in, in communication with folks and community about what it means to be an artist and how do artists and libraries fit into community with everything else that they have going on in the community is essential. So for us as playwrights and residents, we take it very seriously. Um, it's an honor to be selected to be to to interact with the community that way. Um, so we're excited about finally being able to come and bring out art and work and be here in community. You know, it's it's beyond just the hour and a half, hour and forty five minutes that you're on stage. It's more to be connecting with folks at a show at a venue beyond just the hour and a half. So it's the before the show, it's the after show, it's all those things that make community. Oh, I love it. I love it. So 
So Louise, when we, when we, when you start talking about how how important it is to raise money for the library, because you have to keep the doors open, right? Like even though you're part of some budgetary line item somewhere, you still have to raise money because there are things that you want to do across the library. And um, and I must say, there have been some amazing things that have been happening in libraries across this city. Um, during Black History Month, during Women's History Month, uh, a lot of children's activities, um, theatrical productions, musical productions. Um, how do you how do you juggle all that? How do you make all that go? Well, first of all, it all happens because of the great staff and their dedication, and that's you know really that you know passion, that enthusiasm to like make things happen to be responsive to community needs. And so, you know, we are part of the, you know, the city budget. And so we're part of that process. Um, and of course, you know, cities across the country are, are dealing with, you know, funding issues. And so we do the best we can, but with the private funding, you know, it's just not one bucket of money alone, right? So it's not just within the city. And so if you talk about a recent example with our Stetson branch library, which that was you know, funding from the state, you know, the city, and then private funding to help have this new library. And so that makes these programs and offerings accessible. So even something, you know, simple as, oh, we want to have, you know, a reading program for the kids or something special. Well, we want to have some access to say technology, some audio visual, go in, have a screen, have Zoom meetings, Zoom calls or things. That that costs money, right? And I think that's something if we have, you know, performers, you know, our um, library board funding that we help us pay, you know, special performance. And mind you, we're providing all this wonderful experiences for free because we are the free public library that's in the name. So we want to make sure that, you know, the community benefits. But again, it's, you know, the city supports us with kind of like the operational things, but they're kind of like the extras. Or if we want to have a program, if we want to have, say, special playaway books, preloaded tablets that, you know, families can take home with, you know, virtual you notebooks know, on the tablet. You could set the timer if you don't want the kids to be on the screen too much, but it's different things of that nature. Special performers, we've had folks come from, you know, across New Haven, so we're supporting local businesses in that way, but also we're fortunate to have folks from across the region come for programs. So a lot of those summer learning programs are, you probably remember if you have the programs with the animals, for instance, coming in for like an hour or so for a summer program from the, across the city. You know, those, you know, we pay those vendors as well. And most of them are very gracious with us to say, oh, we'll give you a little discount or you can do a block booking, but it's still, there's no, so, no time and money. And so uh, we're very fortunate. And then just to support the you know, facilities in general, right? So for major renovations, you know, the Stetson Branch Library, you know, that new Stetson, that, again, that was an endeavor. That was years of campaigning, you know, especially at Mardi Gras to have this you know, wonderful space and not just for Stetson, but I know the Q House did a lot of campaigning as well. And so it's just, you know, to make sure that the community has, you know, spaces that reflect their needs, that can meet their needs, and right? And that's really what it comes down to. So I think, um, you know, the fun, every little bit helps you know, I mean, even just you know, a way of thinking about it where, um, you know, a, a program that we would provide for free, like little things like, oh, let's buy some extra, you know, supersized Legos for the kids to be able to play with, or let's, oh, we want to have a, a special performer or an honorarium for some you know, local history, uh, some his, local historic figures to, you know, share their knowledge with us, just to give a little thanks honorarium just for them to share their knowledge. It's just these little things that, you know, make a huge difference. And so supporting the free public library, you know, shameless plug, you know, we help build capacity for everyone else, right? So Long War Theater comes in when they're meeting with different visiting artists, 
they're using our meeting room space. When uh, our different stakeholders say, you know, for example, the Chan Association just last month, we're doing things across the city. We're having a parade for Lunar Fest. Can we have space at the library to have a program? You know, we're working with uh, the Preservation Trust for special programs. We are doing this different community responsiveness. Sometimes so we've had, you know, parents or patrons to volunteer reading programs and things of that nature. So, I mean, just a lot of things that happen in the space. And there's a lot, but I think that's going to be part of the charge. And then again, um, there's a lot of community needs. I mean, it's something that we don't really emphasize enough, but, you know, there are members of the community who are dependent on our public libraries as critical pieces of physical and social infrastructure. So I think we we're talking about COVID. So many kids, um, you know, during COVID, you know, the public schools had to reach out as part of the center and said, hey, let's make sure that we have some desks for the kids in their homes because they necessarily have access to tables at home. So coming into a public library, we have access to a table, we have access to a computer. Of course, they're having access to books in various different languages, not just English, and then also at different reading levels and collaborating with colleagues, with the schools or with other community stakeholders so we can support the entire family at the same time. And that's where, say, you know, a parent needs job help or for example, we're working with volunteer income tax assistance across the city at three locations that are Mitchell Branch, Eismane Library, and our Wilson Branch. So that can be supported. Uh, so these things that just make it available, you can come in during our hours of operation. These opportunities are available to you. And that's you know, part of our role. So that's really the, the great staff, but really staff and community support make it possible. So Thanks to you for coming and visiting all the various programs we've had over the years. So that's that that really helps makes it go because talking with folks at the state library, just saying how many people came in, that's part of our statistics. How many people check out books? These are things that help us tell the story and continue to get that support. I love it. Thank you so much. Because I, I want people to understand how important libraries are in community. And I also want people to understand how important it is to tell our stories. So uh, Stephen and Mildred, when you when you do live from the edge, you tell are you telling these stories through poetry and music, and are you are you drawn from personal experience? Are you drawn from people around you? Are you are you looking at today? Are you looking at yesterday? How 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 should we be centered in in this performance? I think it's it's all of it. Yeah, we are definitely bringing um, our lives onto the stage. People we've met along the way of of this journey. Like, you know, we've traveled all over the place and met so many different kinds of people, heard so many stories, witnessed so many lives, you know, doing different things. And we try to bring all of those textures into the work that we create, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's the combination of there's a little bit of us, a little bit of somebody we met in Homer, Alaska, for crying out loud, or in, you know, in Morocco or Turkey or somebody, you know, like our, our, our families from the Bronx and the Lower East Side of Manhattan, or, you know, just like people of all walks of life, all religions, all classes. Like we really like to just bring the whole tapestry of who we are onto the stage. And we like to kind of just talk about how we survive, you know, on the edge, how we, how we all have a different, uh, a different, a different balancing act to to play, you know? So we do try to like bring all those stories onto the stage and they're inspired by some folks and they're inspired by our own real lives, you know, and, and what we've what we're what we go through in you know in this in this country in particular. So will every performance be different or will or 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 it's very structured? Like 
Some nights it might be telling a story about somebody else or singing some music that's that you didn't sing the night before or the week before. Like it, it is it is it that fluid or or is it a set? You know, uh, you know how productions are. Like if you do Jelly's Last Jam, you sing the songs of Jelly's Last Jam. You don't bring new songs every other night. You sing the same songs every night. So um, talk talk to me about what what that'll look like for you all. Um, we have a set list, so you know, okay. we go from A to Z. But inside of that set list, um, we have moments where we can go this way or that way. Um, depending on, I guess, a room or what the vibe is, we can swap things in and out. So you may come on Tuesday, or let's say, you know, a, a Tuesday, and it's this set. And then you may come back on Friday. It's like, let me go back and see them this weekend. And then you may hear two new things that you didn't hear in the first set. Mm -hmm. And then may come back on Saturday, and the two new things you heard in the new set is not there. And then we put two new things in the new set. <laughs> so it really depends on how we're feeling, what's going on in the room. Um What's, what's going on in the world? In the world. So it's like if, when things are heavy, we can go heavy. When things, you know, or when things are heavy, we can go light. Um, so there's a there's a lot of um play inside of it, but it is structured. I mean, we know where we're going over mm -hmm. the evening. But I mean, it's a live event. Yeah, we're not freestyling. No. Like, you know. Um, but because it's a live event, um, again, we've had moments where, and I can remember like we had a whole group of young people who were really kind of into it and clapping and really kind of driving so we like changed the piece and really like focused on those kids who are really kind of getting into it um and the whole room changed there was a different energy where the next night was somewhat different we had a different crowd we had more sort of an older crowd who was into jazz so we gave them a little bit more of a jazz feel yeah. that particular night um you know we had a hip-hop crowd so we can really go heavy hip-hop here or yeah or heavy monologue here or we have a more latino crowd yeah. latinx crowd so we'll drop some more mm -hmm. spanish songs and like depends on who the people are in the in the room you know mm -hmm. um the the good thing is that we have so many things that um that we already have in our inventory in our in our what in the crate we already have so many records <laughs> in the crate right um but we also continue to create. So there might be even times where like, I know we're going to be together for about a week before we actually begin performances and we're going to be rehearsing and getting fine tuning the pieces that we know and understand and understanding what our set list and what the possibilities are. But there will also be opportunity for us to create new work. And that's where we really get excited where it's like, wow, you know, we're going to, we're going to have an opportunity to sit together and create new work and then be able to test it out in front of, new ears you know and see how they feel about it how we feel about it you know so we walk a little tightrope too it's like we don't come in there completely safe even for ourselves you know like somebody like one of us might write a poem and then we all have to figure out how to frame that how to decorate it how to underscore it how to make it what it you know make it part of make it fit into the rest of the set make it make sense or make it feel like it's an old piece even though it was just written yesterday Mm -hmm. Um, so I really love the challenge that, that we, we always challenge ourselves to bring something new or to try something extra. Um, and then depending on the conversations with the audience every night, as it evolves, obviously we're evolving as well. And so is our, so is our set list, you know, so that's always exciting to do live from the edge because it feels like a different show for us every night because everybody in that room is different. The conversations are different. And sometimes we'll try things that don't work. 
you know, and it'll be like, wow, you know, that didn't work tonight. Let's try something else tomorrow with it. Let's fix this. And then hopefully like, you know, or let's just pull that out completely. Let's do, you know, um, but it's really just about having a lot of good time together and being in some kind of a conversation. Oh, I love it. So, uh, Luis, any performances at Mardi Gras? What can I expect if I'm coming to Mardi Gras on or uh, next week? What, who, who, what, what will I see? Will there be a so band? Is there music? We will, we will Food? What's music, happening? We will have music from the Timmy Maya experience. So that's I know Timmy perfect. Maya. So those of you who don't know, Timmy Maya is a great performer. He's been in Mardi Gras years past, has a diverse repertoire. So we're going to have the Timmy Maya experience. If you haven't seen him, definitely come to Mardi Gras to get that experience. We're going to have, uh, we call them partners in deliciousness and partners and uh, sweetness that will be participating in Mardi Gras, and including a small kitchen, big taste. We're going to have you know, some nice, wonderful desserts from you know, Catalinas, if you're familiar with them, you know, Long So there's going to be wonderful desserts for working with uh, a local partner in you know, Ordinary is a bar that they will have you know, making cocktails for us. So it's going to be a, you know, a special uh, cocktail uh, for those of you um, who are from New Haven who may realize that you know, we've had a lot of you know, transition with COVID, but also, tragically, you know, we lost our uh, city librarian, John Jessen, passed away to cancer last spring. And so there will be a very fun and uh, creative way of honoring John at Mardi Gras. I don't want to give too much away, but you have to come and experience it for yourself. And so that is definitely something that uh, to look forward to with Mardi Gras. And I think that's really, it's a great time to be had. It's a you know three-hour event. So it's you know, definitely coming in cocktail hour, getting the experience. There'll be some you know, remarks and there's no, don't worry. There'll be definitely time to dance because Timmy Mai is going to be there. So you want to, you know, bring your dancing shoes too. And you know, we encourage festive attire because there's Mardi Gras. So there's some folks over the years. I know Babs, you, you know how it's, and you can dress up, you know, nicely and be fun. So it's just a really great time to you know experience and to celebrate in a way to kind of like, you know, be responsible. We're thinking, okay, how do we make sure that we're having you new know, music that people can have like a good time? And it's to say, you know, to kind of recenter, you know, you could have a good time you know, in the public library and that this is why, you know, the public library is important. You know, the 136th birthday and to say that, you know, we are being inclusive and the tickets are starting at $50. And, you know, part of like the little behind the scenes things that work that public libraries do that, you know, I didn't realize until I started working in the field we help cultivate audiences. So you're, we're exposing the community to theater and to literature and all these other kind of humanities. And then we're encouraging the next set of various audiences. So for folks to appreciate you know, universities and life on the edge and these different things that are happening. So these are all fun experiences that you know, we're cultivating and building capacity that way as well, right? So it's not just for the present, but for the future. And so I think that's definitely a fun time to be had by all. You know, Timmy Maya's coming. So definitely uh, well worth the time. Tell people where they can get tickets. So you can get tickets. Easiest way to do is you go to nhfpl.org. And that is nhfpl.org, our library website. Right on the main page, there is a Mardi Gras tab that you could click click and it will give you all the information i don't know is it possible for me to put um a link in the chat for you to share with the audience Beth? yes you can all right to share with the audience uh to have that going because we have and it goes to an event right as well you know, our social media we've been sharing it as well so folks can use a qr code 
where they can go in and just on their phone if they're inspired as well uh, to do that. And it's a sliding scale. So starting at $50, if you want to give more, you can, but at least that process is there. And if folks are, you know, definitely want to visit and they're worried about the price point, we do have some complimentary tickets available. So uh, they can just reach out to me, you know, directly if they're interested. I can put my email in the chat in case folks want to reach out to me. Oh, thank you for sharing. Uh, sharing Mary. the screen. There we go. All it right. Scroll down, tickets start. Timmy Maya experience. Thank you very much. All right. So, Stephen and Mildred, uh, Space Ballroom, 295 Treadwell Street, April 27th through May 21st, 2023. And you can buy tickets directly from the Long Wharf Theater site. That's uh, right. Longwharf.org. Yep, they have uh, that one up. There we go. There goes. Yeah, you got college. You got a uh, college student ticket prices at ten dollars, um, and they're obviously got some member ticket prices and some regular ticket prices. There's a lot of options for y'all. So figure out where you where you slot in there, and get your tickets. And we're excited for for all of us to just be hanging out because we're gonna have a good time, and uh, we're ready to play. You know, we've been we've been we've been like. Chopping at the bit, trying to get over here to, you know, to New Haven from Oregon. So, you know, we're happy to be here and we hope you guys will come and hang out with us like every night. Don't just get a ticket one night, get one every night, you know, and just hang out with us and learn the songs with us and, you know, see what new surprises we have in store. Um, but we're looking forward to it and so grateful to be here. Oh, I'm so glad. So, so to the folks who are listening to us across our social media sites and in there and in there and on the radio, um, these are these are two very amazing events that are going to be happening in New Haven. And they are connected to one another. They're both rooted in community. And I want I want people to sort of see that there are things happening in this city that they can go to Mardi Gras and then they could go from they could go to Live from the Edge, which is a Long Wharf Theater production, that you can you can experience theater in your community, that you can party in your community. Uh, I want people to sort of to to sort of uh, understand that and and make the connection so that, you know, we don't have to have these isolated kinds of things like the, the Mardi Gras is over there and live from the edge is over there. No, we are, we are all in this city together and we could go to these things and support these artists and we can support the library and do all the good things for our city. So I, I'm so grateful that I got a chance to talk to you all this morning. Thank y'all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Babs. So y'all get your tickets. There's tickets out there to be had. Go get them. It's in the chat. It's up on Facebook. And uh, I hope I see y'all in all the good spaces. Thank you, Louise. Thank you, Stephen and Mildred. I'll see y'all soon. Yes. Thank you, <laughs> you Stephen and Mildred. Thank you, Babs. Appreciate it. Thanks, Harry. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you Harry. I'll see y'all tomorrow. Y'all be good in these streets. <laughs> <laughs>